0: hello folks um welcome to episode three of dude and a monkey uh i am uh we're alternating things so i am leading things this week uh my name is ian loring and joining me as always is mark foster hello yes indeed lee so um we've got I, I think we've got a good one coming up i, I think I, I hopefully i think they have they've all been good so far but i'm 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 feeling this one uh, because of uh, a tweet you you sent me after watching our main review yesterday uh, yesterday and we'll, we'll get into that in a second so our main review is going to be ben wheatley's latest uh sightseers let's see if he makes it three out of three out uh, after down terrace and kill list, at least for me um we'll then move into our um one old one new uh piece where um to be honest i think my old, I think we're just going to be geeking out. Um, I, I think you're going to know what it is, Mark, and I, I think we're probably just going to be geeking out for five minutes or so on that one. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, and uh, the, the music playing in the background now may well be associated to that particular film as well. Um, uh, we'll then move into our discussion topic, which uh, this week we're basically um, we're going to ask whether. Um, I suppose if online journalism has started to kind of reach its kind of nadir, like, it's... It's becoming... It it, it, it is
1: verging on the realms of becoming as much Heat magazine as it is Empire magazine. There's a lot of... gossip being thrown around and been treated as, as not, not even facts being actually treated as gossip and reported as gossip and it's a little bit it's a little bit strange but we'll, we'll get into it we'll get into that later on in our topic but it's the basic idea is it is, it is film online film not even journalism but it's online filming um going a little bit
0: awry yeah yeah, so, um, yeah, we'll definitely get into that. That should be a good one. And we'll then move into the next part, I believe the penultimate part, of our George Peacock Matos Marathon as we take a look at his non-Sylvester Stallone starring Leviathan. Which, which, you know, let's be honest, if it had Sylvester Stallone, it would be a much better film, Sylvester Stallone would a good I, I, I would, yes, I would agree with that. We'll. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into <laughs> Leviathan, but... Um, I I will say right now, from, from my end. What is going on there? Are you shuffling papers around? I was
1: moving the laptop. Ah, okay. I, I, I descended. I started up, sat quite upright, and then gradually my ass slipped. So I was essentially laid flat on my back with the laptop basically just on the bottom of my neck, and nice. the
0: screen going. Yeah, this is gonna be comfortable for the next hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> um, so nice. Uh, but yeah, no, So we'll we'll get into the and you know if we've got Twitter questions and whatnot, we'll get into those at the end of the show. Um, let Oh, sorry, but I uh, was just tweeting a question. Um, yeah, so, sorry, distraction. So, uh, yeah, you can email us. We are still waiting on our first email, but come on now. Um, <laughs> okay. Get in a, yeah, yeah, rapists, as uh, as Mike would say. Um, so, you know, we're feeling a little bit cold and alone um, at, at the moment. Um, help us out. Uh, so to danamonkey at gmail.com. Uh, you can also, uh, reviews on iTunes would be great. Um, that would be fantastic. And you can also tweet us at... Dude and a Monkey. Um, I, I think that's probably about it, but I suppose thanks to everyone who, who's been listening so far. The down- downloads have seemed uh, pretty solid so far, um, so long may that continue. Um, and and should we just get into it, then?
1: Yes, let's get, let's get
0: into it. Okie dokie. So, um, what we'll do, we'll have a clip from the trailer, and then we will get into our review, which, remember, folks, spoilers for the... Uh, marathon film and the main review spoilers all the time well not all the time but you know it can be done from the off so uh, just be wary as we get into ben wheatley's latest show me your world chris well i thought we'd start with Kreutz tram museum great dear mum yorkshire is lovely not like you said at all they can smile and they do sell my pasta sauce The caravan bed is quite short, but Chris is a sensitive (laughs) lover. Hope you can be happy for me. Love, Tina. Yeah, good girl. You are going to pick that up.
1: I didn't do that.
0: If you don't pick up this excrement immediately, then I'm going to have to inform the National Trust. (laughs) Report that to the National Trust, mate. I don't want this to ruin our holiday. Get in. i never thought about murdering innocent people before. There's not a person, Tina, He's a Daily Mail reader. Say one word and it's... I get it. It's just thinking outside the box. <laughs> the police are pursuing a ginger-faced man and
1: an
0: angry woman. You're a liability. You're just like your mother. Is it gone wrong? Yeah, a bit. You didn't let him see you do number twos, did you, Tina? Okay, so that was a clip from the trailer for Sightseers, which is directed by Ben Wheatley and star uh, Steve Oram and Alice Lowe. Um essentially it's the story of a couple or a few months into their relationship uh they're both a little bit odd uh go on a tour of various odd um places of interest uh it, it, it around england for a week and um basically start killing people um so uh yeah let's 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 get into it i'm i'm very very intrigued to see what you think mark so what did you think of sightseers
1: well, before I get into sightseers, uh, I'd like to say that I'm a, a, a Ben Wheatley fan. Um, I loved Down Terrace, thought it was horrendously marketed, as I've said before, uh, but I loved it, and I loved last year's Kill List, thought it was a great, great film. I went into sightseers, and we saw a clip of it at um, Fest. Yes, indeed. went man. into it, thoroughly expecting to absolutely love it, and I'll be honest, I didn't. It just Fair. completely completely never got me at all. Um, I There was a few bits in it that made me chuckle. Um, there was a few bits in it that genuinely made me go, really, is that is that supposed to be funny? Are people actually finding that funny? I was alarmed at a couple of bits that seemed to get the biggest laughs. Um, I thought that um, there was not a single character in the entire film that at any point did I actually like apart from one, and he ended up getting his face smashed in. Um, and it just it was just one of those films where I just it it never pushed a single button. I didn't i I can't say I hated it, because I didn't hate it at all. But I definitely wouldn't be able to say that I actually specifically liked it. Wow, okay. Um I mean...
0: That's, that's interesting, because the the thing with Sightseers is it seems to be like the film of the moment for um, people to just, just tweet and cream all over. And, you know, and that, that gets my hackles up a little bit where it, it's just it kind of seems to be omnipresent. Uh, but the thing is, I mean, I am also a massive Ben Wheatley fan. Uh, the, the marketing for Down Terrace, just in case anybody um, doesn't know, um, that basically the film, the film actually I think got re-released, like really limited release, uh, this past week as well. As, yeah. It did. Uh, yeah, as as Metrodome try and kind of up the reputation of that film. They basically marketed it as a British gangster film, and I believe like the DVD cover is actually. Let me see if I can look it up because it's got like I, I swear it's got like a Union Jack.
1: It does. It has a guy's face, a Union Jack behind it, and it was one of those films where it was you, you, you'd, you'd if you went into HMV or any of the other sort of specific retailers for stuff like that at the time, you'd have probably struggled to find it. But if you went into somewhere like Asda or Tesco, it was. It was in a section where they have stuff like uh, the Daddy Dyer films and stuff like that. And it was kind of grouped within that. So I imagine a lot of people who were expecting a very sort of British lady movie, you know, one like that, you know, a geezers in it, um, would have gone at home, watched it and
0: gone. Well, that was
1: shit. Because I mean... it didn't contain what they were expecting.
0: Yeah. I... A lot more thought thoughty than anything else. Yeah, no, absolutely I mean it's baffling. I'm looking at the D V D cover now and for anyone who's seen Down Terrace and hasn't seen the UK DVD cover, with the tagline It's about to kick off mm. you know, it makes it it makes it look like a football factory the football factory.
1: Yeah, exactly. It does. I, I mean I, I thought it was that like, that's why I avoided it so much. I only ended up catching it.
0: Um
1: because um Ben from uh, Mondo Movie um Recommended it to me and said, "No, you should, you should, you should give it a watch. It's actually really good."
0: and yeah. I thought,
1: ah, I thought, fuck it. You know, it was it was like four quid, and I thought, I'll take a punt on it. Um, I got it and loved it.
0: No, absolutely. Um, I, I gotta, I gotta ask, what's that noise? Have you got a noise? Like a kind of a knocking noise. Nope, not got okay. it's just stop now. That was fucking weird. All right, um, folks, I think a ghost is haunting the. uh the podcast <laughs> i i think it's the it's the tap of holy fuck ian and mark are actually disagreeing about something uh, <laughs> it doesn't happen a lot yeah no yeah quite um so yeah but basically um downstairs, Yeah. Hideously marketed in the uk um i've got the us blu-ray which is region free, by the way folks and it uh, like the cover it's still like it's like a gun on a floor with blood around it which again is still a little misleading yeah um because it's just it's a a very very odd um, kind of slightly like it, it's kind of waffly but in a good way where it kind of feels like it's a slice of life um, but then some like some bad shit happens and paranoia starts and it, it's a, a very very striking film and and darkly funny as well and then you've got mm. Kill List which is just basically like a smack a smack in the head really um, it's. And it, it kind of evolved down terraces, you know, a, a kind of um, a surrealistic style to a rather nightmarish end. Um, I think I, I think sightseers, it does it does feel like like a bit of a jolly, um, I suppose, for Wheatley. Like he um, he didn't come up with the eye, uh, you know, with the idea I, I I get the sense he might have been less involved in the actual initial writing process. But, um, I, 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 you know, and I mean, I was, I was thinking I was, I was going to like it, but I I really, really, really liked it. To be honest, it, it, it really, it really got me. Um, I laughed, I laughed quite a lot. Um, and that was despite the presence of someone in the audience who was like one of those laughing too hard kind of people, who yeah. just are laughing at it because they think they're supposed to be laughing? And he put me off like at the beginning, um, like just the opening titles. He was chuckling, it was just like, why? There's nothing. It's just set in the scene. What? Um, but any? But Sites, I thought it's it is a Ben Wheatley film. Uh, the the sense of just snippets of pe- uh, these people's lives with a kind of a kind of a, a, a narrative running through it. I, th- I think was there and. I, I didn't exactly, I didn't exactly get on board with the characters, but I, I liked the shit that they came out with, um, especially um, especially the guy Chris. Um, I I just liked some of the things he he had to say, and I it, like it. I I'm assuming a lot of it was kind of, kind of improvised and they probably just like called cut and then just laughed. Like what the fuck was that? Like there's, there's one line in particular that really made me chuckle, uh, where he's, he says like, "What?" uh, it's something like there's blood on that dog's port on that dog's paws for sure. But it was, it was smug complacency that killed Ian, uh, which yeah. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. Just, it, it, it tickled me and not just because of the name. Um, I I I don't know. Maybe I'm rambling a bit, but I I I just I I I I very very much liked it. Um, I gave it five out of five on Letterboxd, but I will say that I do think it is Wheatley's slightest work, um, and I've got a lot of interest in his next one, um, but I still think it was a really really solid eighty-eight minutes or so. Um, was
1: um, Was your screening busy? Sorry, was your, was your screening a busy screening?
0: Uh, yeah. Um, mine was. I was packed. Yeah, yeah. Because the the thing is, I think it's being marketed as the film. Film fans need to see yeah you, you know like, it, like it's been a very 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 busy couple of weeks for releases but this seems to be the one that people are latching onto and saying oh oh you must go see sightseers oh you must and i kind of am one of them um but the thing is i i i i think calling it like the funniest british film in years or like a laugh a minute or something like that is doing it uh it, it, it is is misleading it's not as misleading as the down terrace marketing but I can't help but think there are some people who are. I mean, there were some walkouts in my screening, um, but that surprised me.
1: There's, there's, there was one moment where I, I said that one specifically that concerned me was there is there's, there's, there's it's, it's a black comedy, you know, it's pitch um, black, it's,
0: pitch black, yeah,
1: it's very black. Um, there's, you know, I've I had a few people calling it a black horror comedy. It's not a horror at all. No. no. Um, it brings a black comedy, um, but the the biggest laugh in my screen, like I said, that it was a it was a packed screening that I went to. You know, it was it was a lot bigger than I expected it today, um, which is brilliant. I'm glad for that. I'm, I mean, I'm glad the film's been, I thought the film does very well because I think Ben Wheatley's a very talented director. So I'd like to see this does well. It means that he gets to move on to bigger projects, and uh, you know, I'm all behind that. Um, and uh, and I actually paid to go and see this, which is very strange to me. you do not pay to go to see it, um, but. The biggest laugh was the and spoiler alert but we've already said we spoiler, uh, was when the um, dog died. On um, the other knitting needles bit.
0: Really? I yeah, yeah.
1: No, I that I, was I, that I, that was that was the biggest laugh in my screen and I sort of thought, Well I am not one of these people who gets touchy about sort of pet death or animal death or anything like that. But the the difference in laughs between that and everything else was was quite startling. I took that because you could see it happening, and it happened, and it wasn't just a because there's no real laugh out loud, you know, rip roaring moments. There's a lot of kind of like chuckle moments. It, it's that kind of you know, beats comedy where it happens a lot, and you kind of you you glow. There was a like an uproar of laughter, which kind of took me back, and I thought, wait a minute, that was. I mean, yeah, it, it it's amusing that that's how the dog died, and the fact that you see it coming, that's the amusing bit, but, God, it wasn't that fucking funny. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think there might be, it might just be, like, a release for people, because it got a lot of laughs in my mm. screening as well. I didn't remember it being, like, the, the, the biggest laugh moment, so that, that's interesting. Um, but I don't know. I think that, because I think that there are times where there's quite a lot of, space between laughs in this film and i think some people have gone in expecting it to just be a black comedy you know so when it when it does threaten to get a bit more more serious i think maybe people are looking for a release i mean i i think it's interesting as well saying it, it's not a horror i i agree with that it's not a horror comedy but there are a couple of sequences in it that are a bit surreal and um also have snippets of the score from halloween free um, which blew my mind a little bit as well um, like there's a mo- there's the moment involving um the like the chicken sacrifice and um, mm. uh, and when he uh, kills um, uh, Ian uh, like on the, on that um, kind of cliff face or whatever it is uh, it, it it does go a little bit and you've got like um season of the witch playing and then the score from season of the witch as well um yeah so it, it, I, I don't know th- those kinds of moments they did kind of remind me directly of kill list and it sounds like um, a field in england is new one is supposed to be like a psychedelic english civil war drama or something and it sounds like that's going to be going down those avenues as well but mm. it, i i think that wheatley it, it's the least Wheatley film that he's done so far I by by the looks of it and like I say it does feel like he's kicking back a little bit but at the same time I think he does enough of his own things in there uh in terms of style that you know a that do make it feel like still feel like one of his films and b also make it look worthy of being on the big screen because I would say I think it is probably his most cinematic film, even though you're like Kill List and Down Terrace I don't think are going to win any awards for cinematography. But it, it does feel like a film that actually does deserve to be seen on a big screen. You see, I, I was the complete opposite. Oh, that's interesting. I, I,
1: I thought that this, this this film quite easily um, could have been a a special on Channel 4. It, it looked at times... You know, I'm not saying that it's out of place in the cinema or anything like that, but at times I did think that this is, this feels more like a, an hour and a half TV special than it does an actual cinematic film. Um, it felt a little bit, I, I did at a few points think, well, you could have cut that out and you could have cut that out and you could have cut that out and this could have been an hour long. Um, it, it felt like that at some point. Also, it, it, it did feel, very indulgent sometimes of um, the, the its two stars who also wrote the film as well it felt very much like occasionally there was some in-jokes between them going on. I mean, Are they, are, are they a couple? Because they've worked together a lot throughout their careers. I uh,
0: don't know. Uh, I'm okay. not
1: sure. Uh, but I know they've worked a lot and they've worked on a lot of the same shows and stuff like that. Mm. Um um but it, it did at a point to me feel a little bit like they were laughing at it more than everybody else might be laughing at it.
0: I don't know, I I, I didn't get that, but maybe it was just because I was more into it. Um I
1: don't think that's it. I, I think the thing is is if is if I, I'll be honest, I am hugely unforgiving of of, of British, especially sort of because this this essentially is being marketed and I think by the filmmakers themselves it's been marketed as a kitchen sink comedy drama kind of thing you know there is the there's been a lot of kind of oh it's 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 if mike lee ever did a a black comedy i've seen a lot of sort of comparisons to the mike lee kitchen sink drama kind of thing and i have a very very low tolerance for that to be honest so i think it started i think I, after about a quarter of an hour, 20 minutes, I was going, right, I'm not into it yet, but I'll get into it. And and by the end of the first kill, I was thinking, yep, yeah, it, it started to get me, it started to get me. And then there was too long between the first kill and the second kill. And there, it was in that bit that it lost me. And then the second kill happened. And I thought, right, well, I'm not. It was just before the second kill where they go into their caravan. And they're looking around their caravan. Um, and he pushes the player off um, and that was the moment I think for me where I thought Do you know what I actually I don't like him I, He's a jerk well, and yes, that I... was that was where it, it lost it for me because it never it, I never got behind either of them he was just a bit of an arsehole, and she was seemed a little bit like she wasn't all there and it, it kind of it never I, I never got the two characters.
0: It's just I, the, I. I mean the thing I I didn't I didn't I like I said uh, before I didn't get on board uh, like on board with them like I wasn't like yeah kill him kill him or anything like that you know and I I also think it's interesting that there's actually not that many kills in it. No, like, you, you'd, it sounds like they're gonna it, they're gonna be knocking off people left right and centre, but you've got what you've got the guy he basically accidentally backs into at the start. And it's that, com- and, and I think the reason why they have the, the bit where they go around the caravan is that combined with the accidental death is, I think, what makes him snap um, mm. a, a, and and just kind of go
1: for it. Really. There is a nod later on when uh, when she kills a cyclist, um, where he says, "I've killed more people in the past few days than I have since I got made redundant six months ago," and it, it's kind of were they playing around with him possibly, uh, you know, taking up being a serial killer when he got made redundant Were they going to go down that line? Or was that a throwaway comment, him saying that he, he's not a serial killer because, you know, he's only killed people in the past couple of days? Was was the guy the first one that he ran over accidentally? Was that the first one? And it kind of, I thought, ooh, are they going to go somewhere with that? And then they didn't. They went to the end. Um, I... It, at the start, when he's planning everything out, and he's got, and there's the picture, the picture um, at the end of the uh, viaduct, you pretty much knew what was going to happen by the end.
0: I, well, yeah, I mean the ending, the setup, yes, but when she lets go, lets go of his hand, like I, because I was thinking like, oh, all right, okay, so they're just going to kill themselves. That's. Not Notice. really. That's yeah. That's not really that interesting. But then when she lets go of his hand, I thought that was really interesting, and I think on a rewatch, it it might be interesting as well, just to see how aware she is of all this stuff. Um, mm. yeah, you, you, you know, like how like into it she she actually is from what point? Because in the end of the day, he kills he kills Ian, and then does he actually kill anyone else?
1: Yeah, he does. He kills the um, Daily Mail reader.
0: Oh, that's right. My bad. Which, okay.
1: which, which he was the only character in it that I actually liked, because he was he was exactly what he was supposed to be. He was an absolute arsehole. That guy, and I actually I didn't mind him because I kind of agreed with him a little bit. She should have been picking up a dog shit, and she should have had a bag to pick it up with. That uh, annoys me. Uh, and I thought I I agree with him and. The the Litterer, you know, in a a, a crazy world, you can see why, you know, yes, he was a bastard and he deserved to die. Maybe not deserved to die, but, you know. um, Ian was a jerk, um, so I can see why he pissed him off. Daily Mail was the guy in the right. He seemed to um, kill him because he had a hangover. Um, And it just seemed like there was... There, it, it was like there was no point to it. It was like let's throw a kill in here, let's throw a kill in here, let's throw a kill in here, let's throw a kill in here. I I
0: thought I, I thought that kill was actually uh, actually interesting because it it is actually kind of showing up uh, Chris to be a hypocrite mm. because he's so bothered about the litterer befouling the spot of like national like beauty and whatnot, but then he's absolutely fine with the dog doing the same mm. and, and not actually dealing with it. So I I thought. While yes alright it is like another kill and the, the makeup effects on that guy's smushed in face was oh brilliant pretty really impressive as well yeah um, but like and, and very 15 rating pushing I thought actually I kind of thought that the whole film was actually
1: um, yeah I think I think part of the the, the, the high uh, sexual language throughout the film was quite on the edge I think the fact that it was going in a very comical way I think kind of probably saved it from a, an 18 certificate
0: yeah 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 Uh, i think i I think you're right but i mean i thought that scene was interesting for that and just like i i think i don't i don't think we are supposed to I, i i don't think we are supposed to like these people and i think there is i think there is an arc and i think surprisingly the arc mainly comes from tina where she actually seems to kind of like she's uh regressing with like calling banjo poppy um but but i mean at, at the same time she's kind of getting into her own skin as well and like that whole like at the end thing i i, I like i think it was pre-meditated pre-medi- i mean like the whole um killing martin and then them just like like having sex and whatnot i th- i i i think she was just like right i'm just gonna do this now you know, yeah. you know, just like I, I, you know, fuck it, I'm just, I'm just gonna do this, whatever. He's fucked me over, like when his reaction to when um, she says, "Oh, Martin said he wanted to, what was it? He wanted to shit on my hand <laughs> and then get me to use it as a brown lipstick." <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's like she seemed genuinely hurt by that, and so I, I think by by the ending, she basically has become a, like a sociopath who's just doing. Stuff without knowing anybody else's feelings whatsoever. It's it's. I'm I, I'm intrigued for a rewatch because of her character.
1: I think I'll I'll definitely rewatch it again because I know uh, Becky wants to watch it. So when it comes out, I'll probably I'll, I'll rewatch it then. And I might it might be one of those films where I completely change my mind. I might watch it again at home and go. Do you know what? Yeah, actually I can I I, I can see more from it. Like I say, it's. It's, I didn't think it was a terrible film. It just, it, it never got me. Um, it's one of those things where I, I, I can have it thinking, well, I can see why other people would like it. It just, it, it never, it never got me. It, 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 it put out too many bits where I thought, right, there, it's going to go there, it's going to go there, it's going to go there, and then it, it just didn't. It just seemed to go along at its own pace. The whole... Film seem to be have very little story other than they go along and they kill some people. And that's it. And there's nothing else really.
0: Yeah, I, I I I don't know. I I just I I I liked their I liked their relationship and how just fucked it was. And um, and I, I I I like to say I like I liked her arc. I mean, his was not all that interesting, but. i i I don't know i mean at least i i I think enough happened for me i mean i will say if it was any longer um i think that it could have worn thin for me pretty quickly um but at like 88 minutes or so i just thought it it rattled along it had more than enough laughs um you know even though it wasn't like a laugh out loud riot fest of comedy um And generally, I just thought it was another impressive work from Ben Wheatley. Like I say, I think it is his slightest. And upon reflection, I'd maybe go 4.5 out of 5 as opposed to 5 out of 5. Because I don't think there is quite any knockout moments that down terrace or kill do give. Mm -hmm. But like I say, I think it's Ben Wheatley kicking back a bit. And I hope he just hits it full bore again with a field in England, which judging from some of the early word, I, I think that film sounds like it's going to be pretty fuck, fucking mad, so here's hoping. Um, but yeah, there we go, Sightseers. Um, the, the first one we've really disagreed on, actually. I,
1: I think it is, yeah. We don't you don't usually disagree on films, but I just, like I say just probably just ticked all the wrong boxes for me.
0: Yeah, fair enough, and it, it, it ticked the right ones for me, but there we go. Okay, so that was uh, Sightseers, and After some promos, we will get into One Old, One New.
1: Do you find yourself looking for a different type of genre podcast? Do you find yourself on the weekends wondering when... You will find that one film that might change your life. Well, then maybe you should check out The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema with your host Big Willie and the Samurai. Bringing class to the trash since 1977 and rocking the house.
0: You can find The Gentleman at ggtmc.com.
1: Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant blissful state of agreement? I mean the
0: main the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstro and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. just really It's not visually striking. No. No, Just just getting confirmation. That's that's the third time, though. I mean, is this on? You can find us at chinstrokervspenser.podomatic.com So come and share the victory. If you could f*** any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. He he wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody... (laughs) He looks like somebody who can keep a secret. (laughs) Okay, so welcome back, and we're going to get into One Old, One New, and I'm going to turn it over to Mark first for your One New this week, please, sir.
1: My One New is not a new film, but it's it's a film that's released in the past couple of years. Um, I watched for the first time uh, Ben Affleck's The Town. Um, I was a huge fan of Gone Baby Gone. Uh, it was my number one film of 2008, if I remember correctly. Um, I absolutely adored that movie. It was It was brilliant. Um, and the only reason why it's taken me this long to get down to the town is um, I missed it at the theater I just couldn't couldn't sort out a correct time to go and see it and then once it came out um, it came out with an extended cut on blu-ray and I wanted to watch the extended cut and kept on going to buy it going to buy it but it just never dropped below that 10 pound threshold that I have for buying blu-rays and um, with the exception of certain things, uh, and then eventually I bought it the other week. Um, eventually got around and thought I need to watch it, so I watched it the day. Um, it's part of that uh, that Boston crime wave that we're getting. That we've had a lot of sort of in the past sort of six seven years. Um, ben Affleck plays um, a guy called joke Is it? Yeah, try remember. Uh,
0: um, maybe it's been a while.
1: Yeah, Doug. Yeah. Uh I got Doug McCray, um, who along with uh, his group, which includes Jeremy Renner, playing a guy called Jem, are a group of bank robbers and um general sort of armed criminals uh, in the Boston area. The whole premise of the thing is they all come from a place called Charlestown, which um Apparently, according to the film, produces more bank robbers than anywhere else in the world, despite the fact that it's just a one mile square block in Boston. Um, A little bit of artistic license is taken there. It's not quite that many, and there are not quite as many bank robberies and armed heists as the film would like you to believe. But as with any film like this, it's as much about the characters as it is about the actual heists and stuff like that. Um, it has very sort of strong leanings towards uh, Heat which is obviously a big influence on the film itself uh, it's also has Ben Affleck in it as well which Gone Baby Gone didn't and I think it's great when actors turned directors um, don't put themselves in their films often helps them because it means that they can sort of stand back and just look at the film mm. but Affleck decided that he wanted to be be part of this film um, and wanted to be one of the characters because it spoke to him you've also got, I mean he's aligned himself with a pretty strong cast, you've got John Hamm there, there um, like I said you've got Jeremy Renner, Rebecca Hall Blake Lively, Pete Postworth, Chris Cooper uh, and a couple of others um, it's it's very good, I very much like I said, I watched the extended cut, so I'm not sure what was, what else was in it. There is an option on the Blu-ray where will actually, it'll tell you a little icon will appear, and it'll tell you, uh, if this is an, an inserted bit into it. If this is one of the, um, bits in the new cut. Mm. Uh, but I didn't put that on because my wife told me I wasn't allowed to. Um, <laughs> so, uh, it, it is long, but to be honest, I like these kind of um, long, sweeping sort of heist movies. You know, it's it's two and a half hours long, um, and it, it it doesn't feel two and a half hours. It has a nice flow to it. There's a point in the middle where it gets a little bit a little bit baggy, but it quickly pulls it around. The action scenes are brilliantly directed. Um, there's a couple of of great heists, including one where uh, they rob what's called a bread truck, which is the Um, The trucks that take change and stuff like that to banks, whatever. Um, And they're a bit as nuns. um, And then it starts to go wrong and there's a bit of a car chase and everything like that. Um, You've got Jimmy Renner playing the slightly crazier version um, of Dan Affleck's quite calm, quite methodical character. You've got the obviously he meets Rebecca Hall's character. But strangely enough, he meets her during a Jonah Heist when they take her, uh, as a hostage to get away from the cops in case they need her. Um, but he doesn't tell her that that's who he is. And they've got all that moving around. There's so many things sort of going on. plus uh, you've got the, you know, um, John Hamm's FBI character knows that, um, Ben Affleck's Doug character is the guy who's doing these robberies. And you've got that kind of Pacino, De Niro, aspects of it going on there, and it's nice to see John Hamm in a film, because he doesn't do enough films, enough sort of serious films, he's a very talented actor, but I was, uh, it's not as it's not as gut-punching as Gone Baby Gone, uh, it's more entertaining, but in the sort of crime heist films, I think it, it, it sits pretty high up, it's not each level by all means, but it sits quite high up for me. Uh, what did you make of the town?
0: Uh, yes, well, I've only seen the theatrical cut, um, and it was when it was in the cinema, so it was a good couple of years back now, so I'm I'm a little hazy in all honesty, but I I remember liking it for the most part, but it was just, um, there there was a kind of an air of sentimentality about the ending, which I, um, was not happy with at all, um, I I mean, I will ask the extended cut, does it, I know, I I won't, I I won't do spoilers as we're not really getting into the town, but, um... Does it kind of end with it all a little bit golden and glowy and kind of like uh wraps things up and like R- Rebecca Hall receives like a letter or something um buried yeah 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 it it's, yeah. Um, and it
1: it does it, it it is it's
0: about
1: an ex it's, it, it, it's Rebecca Hall walking along a beach it, it, if you've inserted that scene. It would be the *Shawshank Redemption*. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 Um... It,
1: it, it's very close. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't have a problem with that. Um, I, I I think I, I I liked his character enough, and I liked her character enough to um, to want to um, to want that to work. Um, however, on the extended cut there's a scene that plays out in the uh, earlier one part of the film that then is played out basically the same later on in the film, and there's about three or four lines of dialogue that are repeated almost exactly. Really? um, About sort of maybe 20, 25 minutes apart. Um, And I was like, oh, right, so either that scene before was one that was inserted in afterwards, or this one, was inserted in afterwards. Uh, apparently, I read, though, I did read somewhere, that uh, the original cut that Affleck put in was just shy of four hours. Um, and it'd be... It'd be interesting to see what else was in that, because there seemed to be... There's a lot in this extended cut. It's a weighty film. Hmm. It'd be interesting to see what that is. But, yeah, it, it, it does have a very... It, it starts to lose a semblance of reality towards the end there's a there's a couple of bits where you go uh, you, you know there's a bit where he's watching something happening to Jeremy Renner his character towards the end and you're thinking, he thinking he's maybe 20 foot away from this I'm sure he can be seen hmm. um, and there's a few there's a few bits like that but um, no I I, I,
0: I I don't get it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no, that's no, fair enough. Sorry, I thought you dropped out for a second there. But you hadn't. Uh, yeah, no, I I liked it well enough. I'm I'm intrigued to uh, watch the extended cut. It's one of those ones where you know when it turns up on Amazon for like four pound on Blu-ray, I am actually going to pick up. It's just kind of waiting for it to do so.
1: Well, I, I got the uh, five for thirty. Um, it's on
0: um, HMV. You said that's not too that's not too shabby. That's all right. Yeah,
1: I was quite happy with that. Cool, right. Move on to yours then. What is your one... We'll go with your one old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, we we both know what this is going to be. So, um, yeah, uh, not out on Blu-ray in the UK. I'm pretty sure it must be out on DVD, but... Um...
1: It, it, it actually... Um, it came out on HD DVD. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, it did,
0: didn't it?
1: And um, there's a, a bit of wrangling between... Um, the company that own the rights to the HD copy of it, selling it, send it on Blu-ray. They apparently are being swats about it,
0: which is mental. Because I watched, uh, I watched this on Netflix UK, you mm-hmm. know. So I'm sure they're not getting that much money from me streaming it, as opposed to what they would if I bought the Blu-ray, which I would day one. Um, oh yes, HD 5.1. It's Walter Hill Streets of Fire, um, okay. which I only watched for the first time I think last year. Um, and this was only my second time watching it, but uh, and what a film! And it seems to be one that polarizes people as well. Um, they because like, I got I got a little bit of negative reaction on Twitter when I was uh, when I was talking about it. And and the what th- a <laughs> poo! I will I
1: will I will go to their houses and I will fuck their pets in front
0: of them. Nice, I yeah, I would be inclined to do the same to be honest. Um, now I mean this is. So yeah, this is Walter Hill, basically. Um, kind, I mean, they, they, it, it's it's very much of its time, but it still works today, and in a way that I think a lot of '80s films have probably become a little bit passe. But because it, like, the, the the magic thing about Streets of Fire is, it says right at the start, it's a rock and roll fable, and it's like. It's kind of like a down and dirty atmosphere, but you're not really sure of the time period and you, you're not really sure. It's like a little bit left of centre of the real world and it's kind of playing things up and it's it's essentially kind of staged as a musical. Um and, and and so it's got this weird timeless quality to it, and even down to kind of like the the the, the story and the and and I, I suppose the, the character types. Like you've got uh, Michael Paré in the lead role uh, playing Tom Cody. He's basically your gunslinger, charming, but like he'll he'll fuck a woman and then he'll leave her in bed, but he'll be like crying about it on the inside. Kind of a guy.
1: Yeah he, he he is he is a cool motherfucker. He can even he, he can even make the the pants with suspenders thing look fucking
0: Badass. It, 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 that's the thing. He does look badass, yeah, and, and which is which is insane. But then you've got like the sidekick. But in this, the sidekick is um, Amy Madigan, um, uh, as a kind of like a, a tough, no-nonsense ex-army uh, woman. Uh, and I, I love their relationship and the fact there's never any sexual tension between them.
1: Because uh, she, she was originally a guy.
0: She was originally a guy. The, the script. She was originally a guy. Oh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Um,
1: and then um walter hill um met met her and decided you know what this would work and they decided that they that they just they wouldn't basically they wouldn't acknowledge the fact that she's a woman in it really it had always they wouldn't you know it's not reference to or anything like that it's just she is who she is
0: yeah uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah no absolutely um and I mean, you've got, well, Diane Lane, I mean, as Ellen Aim, fucking yes, please, frankly. Ah, uh, she's it,
1: beautiful, isn't she?
0: It, it just, it's it absolutely, absolutely staggering. And uh, and then, I mean, like, it's kind of comic relief, you've got Rick Moranis in there, but kind of playing a little bit of an antagonist, but kind of more like a, just a bit of a douche. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and I mean, he's great. And then, like, in the bad guy role, you've got Willem Dafoe, and it's... He's- Willem yeah, Dafoe at his leathery, greasy, slimy best.
1: Yeah, it, 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 it's like this is what Raven would go on to become Bobby Peru in um, wild Heart. Oh, yeah, totally. It, 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 it is basically, it, it, all you need to do is just sort of turn Raven from 11 to 12 and you've got Bobby Peru. Mm. Um and that's it's very much that it's the whole the costumes are all batshit insane um there's there's no fucking logic to them but they're very much a part of it
0: yeah i i i and that's the thing it's a part of creating this world where you've got these very very familiar characters and like the story it's it's fairly familiar as well even though i mean i i will say like i think i i think it's interesting that kind of like the rescue mission doesn't take up the whole of the film and the third act actually kind of moves on from there which i i i, I thought was good as well um uh, yeah i mean it, it and i mean it was incredibly ambitious for walter hill and i mean it lost a i think it lost a shitload of money um which which is a shame and you know they were originally going to do a sequel streets of ice which would have been incredible i fucking uh,
1: the thing is, is, is it, it, it did lose, uh, you know, a big chunk of money. It, it only, it only sort of made just shy of ten million. I think off like a 14 million, 15 million budget. Yeah. But it's one of those films where the soundtrack probably made more money than the the film did. Um, and I, I think that it, it's it's definitely one of those films that it, it should, um, it should be sort of reevaluated. It should be looked at. Again, and what else? One of those directors who, who I mean, I think we, we are probably going to come across him again <laughs> uh, because hmm. I have a feeling he might crop up in our marathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we might we might end up doing a, a massive review of Streets of Fire at some point in the future. But what else? One of those guys he, who's had not a lot of luck in the films that he's directed himself. Uh, Warriors was doing amazing business, but then was pulled because um people thought that it was inciting gang violence mm. um southern comfort um just kind of got released around the wrong time um, and you know he ended up making stuff like uh, the 48 hours movies and red heat which were his big films but this is this is a vanity project this is right I've, I've made him a lot of money with a couple of films. This is a, a film for him. You know, the fact that most of it's done on a set, you know, that it's not location shooting, these things are fucking built. Um, it looks absolutely amazing. It's one of those films where, like, similar to something like Purple Rain, what you've got to do is you've got to sit and switch off any cynical notions or anything like that or anything. Sit down and go, right, for the next two hours... I am going to get on board, and I am going to enjoy what is going on, and just let yourself get taken away with it. Because if you start to kind of question the logic or the anything about it, then you are completely missing the point of it. Um, The music's brilliant in it. Uh, The musical beats when they're put in work so well as well. You know, there's the fact that it opens with a song, and the fact that it ends in a song. And then halfway through it, you've got the I can dream about you. That just comes at exactly the right time. These yeah. things just happen and the beats just keep falling down. And there's a, there's a moment, uh, and I know I'm, I feel like I'm taking over your choice here. That's um, awesome. There's a moment, um, when, uh, whenever you talk to Noel about Purple Rain, mm. uh, he always references the moment that, that gets him and that, that, that sort of punches him in the face is, he, um, when Prince turns around and kisses Wendy on the cheek during Purple, oh yeah, right? yeah, 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 and he, it, out, it, yeah. I'm the same, and I, I like, oh god, it's, it's that moment, the end of this film when tonight is what it means to be young is going on, and he walks out, and, um, and Diane Lane kind of she turns her head away, um, sort of you can see it, and she turns her head away sort of quite quickly, and then turns round. That fucking slays me every time. Mm. It absolutely, it just has me. I, I am, I, I think, I mean, I've now seen this film several times, several times in my life. I've seen it about four times this year because I rediscovered the HD copy yeah. on, uh, on Netflix UK. Um, and I'll admit that that bit's had me very close to tears two or three times. It just, it's a gut punch. It just gets me. Uh, it's just a wonderful, wonderful film. It's one of those films where. I'm always people either get films or they don't and if they don't that's cool there's very few films that I will say no you're a fucking idiot if you don't like this film this is one of them this is one of those films where if someone says I don't like it I go why at any point they come up with I would argue until they either went go fuck yourself and walked away or they went do you know what you're right
0: yeah I think that's fair enough
1: I've heard of people call me a cunt, but tell me they still don't like Streets of Fire.
0: <laughs> no, I just, I yeah, I, I, I'm just a massive fan of it. Really, like, I, I mean, I think I, I think you said it better than I could, to be honest. But it's just, yeah, just I, I, I think it does deserve it does it does deserve reassessment. I think like, um, um, Brian De Palma's Phantom of the Paradise seems to um, be getting a lot of kind of. Um, critical reevaluation and whatnot these days and i i think streets of is definitely um definitely worthy of it as well it's just it was crazy that i'd never really heard of it all that much until last year but like as soon as you mention it on twitter people do come out of the woodwork whether good or bad mm-hmm. it just does seem to be one of those films it doesn't feel like it's that well known in the uk um and i think uh, generally i think in kind of walter hill's oeuvre that there are other pieces of work that's, that like seem to stand out more. But Streets of Fire, it is... I mean, when you say it's like an ego uh, project as well, I mean, I, 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 I think it kind of is, but it feels like a very sincere one. It doesn't feel like he was just trying to have his own way on anything. It, no, it feels it, it, like he was genuinely trying to create a kind of an innovative form of entertainment. And yeah, um, I yeah, really I respect he, that.
1: There's definitely that. And as well, the um, the two Fire Inc. songs that we in it, that opens it Nowhere Fast and tonight is what it means to be young um, Nowhere Fast um, was supposed to be on um, was going to be on Battle of Hell uh, and then didn't make it onto it and they are going to use it uh, in Battle of Hell 2 when they eventually released that because it was supposed to, Battle of Hell 2 was supposed to happen a lot quicker than it happened Yeah, uh, and then of course Meatloaf and Jim Steinman fell out um, so it didn't happen for sort of like Fifteen years. um it was supposed to be on the album but i remember reading an interview with meatloaf now this just could be meatloaf talking crap like meatloaf does occasionally
0: but by by the way i will just say i'm literally listening to nowhere fast on spotify while you're and you're totally like i am listening to you i've got i've got it very low in my headphones but yeah meatloaf fucking totally i've never i've never knew that before but you bang on
1: there is a Meatloaf did record Nowhere Fast for an album, and there is a Meatloaf version out there. If you search on Spotify, there's a Meatloaf version out there. Yeah. Um, but when they originally, because um, the whole thing about uh, Battle of Hell is, it's a concept album. It's Battle of Hell. It's supposed to be. It was supposed to be a trilogy of albums: Battle Hell One, Battle Hell Two, Battle Hell Three, which yeah. it did become, but not in that way. It was supposed to be a guy going into hell. Uh, descending into hell, a guy in hell, and then a guy breaking out of hell, and that was supposed to be um, Battle Hell 1, 2, and 3.
0: Yeah,
1: It's what Meatloaf was saying. And apparently the last song that they'd put aside for Battle Hell 3 was Tonight Is What It Means To Be Young, and that was what it was supposed to be. Whether or not that's just Meatloaf talking shite, I don't know. Uh, But yeah, I read an interview with Meatloaf a couple of years ago, and that was what made me go to um, Streets of Fire. Because I'd like, oh, never seen this film. you know, I, I, how have I never seen this film? It's a Water Hill film. I love Water Hill. Yeah. So I searched it out and actually bought a. This was about seven, eight years ago, um, um, and I bought a um. When Battle of Hell Three came out, I bought a VHS copy of it because I couldn't find it on DVD anywhere. So I bought a VHS copy of it. Got my VHS player out of the garage and set it up and watched it and was like, how. How has it taken me this fucking long to see this film? Um, and then, of course, Julie kind of kind of forgot about it. Then, when it cropped up on Netflix, saw it and was like,
0: oh, there we go." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I just like, but the thing is, I mean, you say it, it was like tonight is what it means to be young, but even though we're fast, like the chorus and, and like the kind of and the key the keyboards with the drums and whatnot, it does feel like something Meatloaf would belt out. Mm. It, I, I, but, I mean, tonight what. Tonight's what it means to be young. That's interesting. I I really would have thought it would have been nowhere fast because I mean, tonight is what it means to be young. It kind of I don't know. It feels very. I suppose it does feel very epic and very final, but it mm. doesn't. It doesn't quite feel. I don't know. I don't think it. I don't, it, don't quite think it's got that quite that sense of urgency that Meatloaf has a lot of the time. But
1: yeah. And also, as well, you've got peppered through this Raikuda's brilliant score. Mm.
0: No, absolutely. Um, but to be honest, I, I'm, I'm going to pause nowhere fast now because fuck, I could just listen to that soundtrack. But um, yeah, I, I, I think we've talked long enough for Stre- uh, Streets of Fire. And, and to be honest, I think one day we'll probably end up doing a commentary or something. So yes,
1: what we, do well, you know? We'll, 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 what we'll say is we will do a commentary when when we're both together somewhere.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds like a good plan. Um, I, think,
1: I think I think what would be an idea is I'll, I'll come down to Cardiff for the weekend and we'll do a commentary. <laughs> yeah,
0: t- yeah, totally. You and Becky should well come down. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, Becky and um, Dolo can just, like, get pissed online. We can just sit in and fucking... Yeah, that's a really, really <laughs> good idea. I watch Walter Hill film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Fucking right. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Jesus Christ. Um, anyway, um... <laughs> Uh, let's move on, so um, let's do your one old then, Mark.
1: Right, since since I waffled on quite a lot through Streets of Fire, I'll go through this very quickly. Um, I woke up on Friday morning, it was the last proper day of my holiday, and decided right, on the Thursday I'd watched the documentary um, Don't You Forget About Me, about John Hughes, and so on Friday, on the morning, I woke up and decided that Becky had told me during Don't You Forget About Me that she didn't like Pretty in Pink. Um, so I said, right, we're watching Pretty in Pink again because I, you're a girl. Um, <laughs> you, you shouldn't not like Pretty in Pink. There's obviously something wrong with you. Um, and I, I you know, I, I want to find out what this is. So I made a sit-down and watch Pretty in Pink, which um, I'm not a girl, but I love Pretty in Pink because it's uh, a part of that John Hughes canon that came out at the time. Not directed by... John Hughes directed by Howard Hughes, but it's a great film uh, about a high school, obviously because it's one of the great John Hughes films. Um, Girl called Andy, starring Molly Ringwald, who it comes from the poor side um, of this. Um, there's the dual kind of thing, There seems to be no middle ground within this high school. You're either very rich or very poor, um, and. She is being courted by one of the very rich, a guy called Blame Madonna, played by Andrew McCarthy. And um, she's also got a bit of a stalker, uh, played by John Cryer, called Ducky. And it's about sort of stuff that goes on there. Um, I, I, it must be about the 10th, or 12th time I've seen this film, and I still absolutely adore it. It's not my favourite John Hughes film, of course, because it's not as good as Playing Strings and Motorboils or The Breakfast Club. But it, 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 every time, I still thoroughly enjoy it and still really love it. So that's Pretty in Pink, which I'm going to fly through because I waffled on for ages, Joey <laughs> <laughs> Um,
0: So it's just left with my one new then, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, fuck, I don't know what to go for. I've watched a lot of stuff that's been new to me Um i tell you what, fuck it, because we're probably not going to talk about it on Heroes for a couple of weeks, so I'll, I'll, I'll mention it now. Um, today I watched a, an advanced screening, because it's not out in the UK for a couple of weeks, of um, Ang Lee's new film, Life of Pi, um, which is adaptation of the book of the same name, as I'm sure everybody knows. Uh, advanced Word's been very, very strong on it. Um, and by the way, I've never seen Pretty in Pink. I, um, Yeah, it's why I didn't say anything about it, to be honest, Um uh, John Hughes, fairly major missing of my film vocabulary is, um, John Hughes. I, I, you know, I've obviously, obviously I've seen breakfast club, but 16 candles and pretty in pink and she's having a baby. I've never seen any of them. Um, so I'll get to him one day. I'll get to him one day. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen curly Sue either, but, um, never yeah. mind. Um, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, life of pie. Um, I, I'll be, I'll be quick on this as well. Um, uh, very, very strong advanced words. And, um, yeah, I, I I very 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 much liked it. Um, it's not going to be in my top ten at the end of the year, but I'd I'd be absolutely fine with uh, people having it in theirs. Um, it, it's basically it's it is visual storytelling, and it's the the visual storytelling that makes it a, slightly more than the sum of its parts, at least narratively. The the story is good, and it's ve- like very very tense and. Uh, this may be PG rated, but parents for fuck's sake, do a little bit of research before, um, before taking your kids to see, see this, uh, this film. Uh, you know, there were, there were kids leaving. There was one kid leaving in tears, um, like midway through the film. And it's just, it it gets a bit intense with animal, animal on animal violence, uh, which was kind of surprising. Um, but um yeah yeah it, it's it's anyone who's seen the trailers will know that the visuals are incredible and they are, and the kind of the sense of kind of magic and wonder about the film is is really quite staggering and I will say as well uh if you're going to watch it on the big screen, watch it in three d uh the three ds oh, the the three d's really really, really good, and it adds to the sense of magic about the whole thing the fact that like all these visuals that kind of uh, do feel like they're right in front of you it's a very very involving 3d experience um so you know they i'm just I'll, I'll i'll leave it at that for that but um i'm looking forward to more people seeing it um the third act uh faulted for me slightly there's a narrative twist that i actually i was okay with uh, because I liked the central message with regards to it i'm i 'm speaking very obliquely here but um i apparently it 's the same as the book but i i I like what it meant in terms of the the, the what the pie lily character is trying to say really um but and, and the thing is as well it's it 's genuinely and it sounds really really wankery of me to say, but it 's one of those films that kind of makes you realize what cinema can do in terms of the fact it can still surprise you with visuals there's shit in this film that i genuinely think i've never seen before you know just just images and ideas for images that are very very creative and technically very complicated and but they pull them off and you know when you're armed with a 120 million dollar budget and fox backing you you could probably do a lot of things but um yeah it's i i think it, it's pretty worthy of um the success it's had. And it would in most years, it probably would be in my top 10. But as I am fond of saying, 2012 is the one of the best years for cinema, like one of the best years in probably the last 20 or 30 years. So, um, yeah, I like 2012 has been staggering. So Life of Pi, very, 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 very good. Not quite. The five out of five experience some people have had for me personally, but if others have that, I'm absolutely fine with it.
1: I, I must say I, I'm I'm very looking forward to it. I have a very um, on-off relationship with Angley. Lee. Um, mm-hmm. I loved some of his a couple of his films and not liked a lot of them, to be honest. Um, but I always do think he, he's got something interesting to to say, be it um, thematically. Or visually, um, you know, I mean, for instance, I don't like the film That Mountain. Um, it's not because I, I don't like it because it's gay cowboys or anything ridiculous like that. I just don't like the film. However, I've watched it three or four times, but it could, because I think it contains two magnificent performances and I can watch it for that. So it definitely got that to it. Um, but I, I mean, I must say from the, from the, the trailers I've seen of, of Life of Pi, it does look st- staggeringly beautiful.
0: That's that's the bit. It's gorgeous, and I mean, it's weird as well. Like Ang Lee does, like aspect ratio changes and shit. Um, there's 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 one moment where it it, it goes um it, it it is flat, it but it, uh, for one sequence it goes scope. But like the and this was mentioned on the Film Junk podcast as well. But it is it is worth mentioning because it's just interesting, and it's a particularly three D sequence and there's stuff flying at you and they fly they literally fly out of like the black bars um Ooh, it, that's, it, it's it's it, it's
1: doing something different
0: yeah yeah but it's like it's not just like oh the 3D makes it look like it it's like they actually are but it somehow the effect is more pronounced because of it and it mm-hmm. it, it it's it's odd and i wonder if a two if the 2D of this film does that as well because there's there's uh there's one moment where it goes for free uh which was odd as well and i wasn't entirely sure of the point of that but um yeah really really interesting and I'm, I'm gonna see it again donna wants to go and see it so we are gonna go and see it again but um yeah very very good and yeah i know you were saying on uh twitter about taking izzy izzy will be fine with it um, yeah. but it's just for fuck's sake parents oh and also like this was. The, the, the kind of level of people uh, of people knowing what the film was when I went to see it I went into the Odeon this morning it was like a word of mouth screening and I said oh, is, uh, it, it, what's this cue for and this, the guy said to me oh yeah it's for Life of P.I. Oh, it, it's just, just like right. have,
1: I, 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 I literally I, I hope you were an absolute cunt and went you mean Life of Pi
0: no, 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 no! I wasn't. I was
1: just like, I would oh, God, cheers. I, I, I would have seen that as as one of those moments to be a jerk. Right. I would have. That would have made my morning. I'd have gone. It's actually life of pie. I think you'll find.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. No, I mean, it just it, it kind of made me think that, like, and he was with his kids as well. It was making me think, like, right? Does this guy just think this is some fluffy kids film, and he's not? Do you know what?
1: Taking do you know what people do? do? You know what people do? People just get the free tickets. Hmm i just go... Which is when I went to see The Raid, uh, it was on a, a band screening, and it was free tickets. And uh, some people who were sat sort of next to me uh, when it started. It started and they went... And I t- the guy turned up with Mrs and went, um, I hope this all isn't going to be in subtitles.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's and the I best. sort of leaned across and, and went,
1: it, it is. It, it, it's, it's not an English-language film. And he went, oh, the fuck that then. And left... I thought, well, I was quite glad because he had a hot dog and some nachos, and he was sat next to me.
0: Yeah, that oh, that would have been the worst. I just, I would have hated that as well. Yeah, no, I I don't know. It 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 just it's it it's depressing. And, and the thing is as well, it just it annoys me because like these free ticket ones. I mean, they are free, and you can't really complain, but. I, I will say that, that it just, it, the fact that people just seem to snap them up, like you say, like I yeah. had to constantly fucking check this, uh, the show film first website to see if any tickets have been like re-released for it yet. And I just managed to get one on Friday and the, like these tickets were first available like three weeks ago. So it, 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 it's kind of annoying that people are snapping them up without actually doing any fucking research at all. Um, I mean, all, it, all I mean, all you got. I, I know for some people it might be a bit of an arse, but just go on the BBFC website, especially if you're taking fucking kids. The thing is, I know we're preaching to the converted, but it, it, it's just you know, it's gonna. I'm, I'm sure it must say something like contains um, animal violence. Actually, I want to look it up, and I know we're running long, but fuck it. Um, I'll just be a sec. There
1: must be something. Yeah, I mean, it, the thing is, is it? it it's a, is it a, is it a PG or is it a twelve? There. A PG. P-H- yeah. Which is a
0: surprise, to be honest. Also,
1: also as well, this is another one to put out there for for, for parents. And I I can say I know them probably the majority of people that are listening to this that have kids are not gonna do these kind of stupid things. But if you're thinking about taking your kid to a film, this is this is plus two hours, this film. Your kid, if it's under the age of six, seven, isn't gonna sit over two hours watching a film, they will not do it. children cannot do that they don't have that attention span um uh, you know I, I I wouldn't have taken Isabel to see anything longer than than two hours um, when she was that age just because it's hard to get a, a kid of five six that six is probably the cut, but four or five years
0: old they won't sit for two hours mm. Yeah, I mean that's it. And actually, do you know what? I've looked this up as well. All it says is contains mild language and threat. And to be to be honest, I think it needs more than that. Like, I don't want to get into spoilers. Anyone who's read the book will probably know. But there's there's basically there's a 20 minute sequence where it's the shipwreck that you see in the trailer, which is really intense, like really really intense and loud. Um, and then it's the initial aftermath of that, and it's a bunch of animals on a kind of a boat together. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, you fucking know, fucking death, basically. And it, it just it's it's pretty nasty. Like there's no detail. Oh damn it! But yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's I, I want to I see a lion fucking a zebra's corpse. Well, there's there's zebra corpse for sure, um, Yay! but it, it's just it, it's it, it, it's 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 pretty tense, and the whole um, pie and the tiger thing. Like there are there are a lot of moments where it's just like shit. This tiger's going to eat him, and it, it's just I don't know. I think I think personally, I think it's pushing it far for a PG, and the fact that there were a uh, multiple walkouts in my screening. Uh, I, I I don't know. I think I. I I think the BBFC might be in for some shit when this actually comes out, but we'll see. Maybe I'm being oversensitive. But, uh, right, let's move on because we are going, uh, we are behind. So, discussion. Mark, do you want to... Do you want to yeah,
1: start? Yeah, I'll, I'll take it on this. Um, on... Ooh, I think it was Tuesday. Um, there was a, a news story that happened. Well, it wasn't a new story. It was a bollocksy story. <laughs> um, right. Um, on... Tuesday, I think it was, um, there was a a breaking news story. And the breaking news story was that Joseph Gordon-Levitt might be playing Batman in the Justice League movie. Not Joseph Gordon-Levitt is playing Batman in the Justice League movie, or Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in talks to be in the new Batman movie, to be in the Justice League movie as Batman. It was simply... Joseph Gordon-Levitt rumoured to be... Uh, it's one of those things, right? Now, I have a friend who works for the BBC website, and he says the most looked-at page on the BBC website is the gossip column in the, on the football section. That is the most looked-at page, with the exception of the weather, on the BBC website. And it is looked at. Uh, the majority of people look at it between 6 a.m. And nine a.m. So that is the most traffic they get. Now, football and gossip go together quite a lot. It's part and parcel of the football. Yeah. Um. It shouldn't be part and parcel of the film. There is a huge difference between gossip, rumor, and fact. Now, if if it was announced and Warren announced right, um, God Gordon Levitt is going to play Batman in the Justice League movie. Fine, that's breaking news. Or again, like I say, if they come out and say, "Oh, just got people I've ever are wearing talks for Joseph to play Batman in the Justice League movie," again, that's a news story. Yeah. But who came up with this rumor? It, it, it is—it's as simple as people pulling stuff out of the air and going, "Right, this is a news story." All right, here we go. Here we go. Scarlett Johansson, she's going to play Batman in the Justice League movie
0: there you go, run with that. Why not? Because the thing is here, the, the, the thing is here that I think is interesting is that if this was kind of print media, you know, and if there was, if if people had an editor saying, okay, where is this stuff coming from? Because we actually need this to be, we need this to be substantiated, whatever the word is, um, it, you know, it, 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 we need we need some sort of evidence of where this is actually coming from. You know, they wouldn't be able to do this. I mean, even, like, the gossip pages of The Sun will have, like, most of the time, it would have been, like, agreed with the people's PRs that it's okay to put this shit out. Or they'll have very, very firm, okay, this person knows this because X, Y, and Z. Whereas with this kind of thing, it is just, it, it like you say, it is pulling things out of the air. And as long as it's not libelous, then... Mm it's going to be good to go, because then all the all that their the people will do is issue a denial, and then that will be a news story in itself as well.
1: Yeah, which which is what happened, you know, Wednesday, um, the denial came out, but by then, by Wednesday and this denial coming out, um, it had already moved on to people talking about Matthew Vaughn going to be the, the director of Star Wars. Now, now which, this again, which, again, but that's not, it, it's not been confirmed by anybody, it was it was, it, uh, what's it, Fleming let it slip um, that that he was going to do it, not being confirmed, not being denied. But, you know, that they've said, yes, he's in torch, But no one's confirmed it apart from this slip of the tongue on, on a red carpet. Um, and again, that, that's more of a news story. You know, the, I can see why people would
0: run with that. The, the thing is... The Matthew Vaughan one, the thing that really, really got my heckles up, and then you DM'd me and said I know what our discussion topic is this week. <laughs> the thing yep. that got my heckles up about this is that, and this wasn't even some just random tweeter, this was the Twitter account of Total Film, you mm-hmm. know, which, which are, they're, they're basically the UK's second biggest movie magazine uh, after Empire in terms of circulation. Um, they're, you know, they're, they're a pretty well-respected publication. Um they're a bit more tabloidy than the empire, uh, than Empire, frankly. But you know, they they're still out there. Their official Twitter account posted a headline saying Matthew Vaughan confirmed for Star Wars Episode Seven. Mm. So, like straight away, it's like holy fuck! You click through, and all it know. is is Jason Fleming. Uh, like I haven't even seen the video because, frankly, I'm not. I'm not that. I'm not. I just don't care. All right, Jason Fleming said, yeah, may, maybe he is, maybe he's not. Apparently though, Jason Fleming doesn't say yes. He's doing Star Wars Episode Seven, and uh, straight away and good. A lot of people then gave Total Film shit and saying like, and, and but one person just saying your advertisers must be really happy with you for that, you know. Well,
1: that's that's essentially what it boils down to. Is it boils down to uh, it, 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 it is hit bear. You know, it, it's it's a means for. People to generate hits by putting the words breaking news and throwing out a news story. And, um, you know, you, you, you ran um, a very successful uh, movie website uh, with Eat Sleep with Film. Um, and I run a website that's nowhere near as successful, but we both have dealt with PR companies. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Um,
1: I've never had a PR company ask me to run a news story. They don't do it. You know, not in my, I mean, you might argue, you you know, you you don't look up more than me. But I deal with, you know, I deal with a number of of, of PR companies. They ask me to review their films. They ask me to put their trailers up. They ask me to do bits and bats. But I've never been asked by them to say, right, can you put this news story up? Or um, can you make sure that you're getting this many hits or anything like that? I've got. I've advertisers that I have to deal with. I know advertisers are different, and advertisers expect you to generate a certain amount of hits. But if you're gonna go start chasing easy hits, just do just do a top ten tit shots. Mm. Top ten tit shots, 2012. There you go. And then you can just put a little fucking hashtag that says nude. And yeah. there you go. You've there. There you've got. You've got your fucking count per day screenshot that you can send off to the advertisers and say, bang, here we go, this month we've got this many hits. They're not going to fucking look at it and think, well, yeah, it's because you've got a photo of Michelle Williams' tits in um, tits Waltz or whatever of like that. They're not going to be bothered by that. All they're going to be bothered by is that little hit counter. But don't jazz news up or fabricate news or latch on to fabricated news and try and put it across as you're doing something interesting you know it's not interesting having thirty fucking websites doing the same news story that contains nothing, that contains what? They, they, you, you could say to them okay where? where did you hear that from? you heard it from another site on twitter and went as quickly as you could and typed out and basically just tried to make it not sound like you were essentially fucking cutting and pasting it's cut and paste newsing. And I, I know we're getting a little bit, you know, I, I don't want to point fingers, you know, because, and I don't want to name names because some of the sites that 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 ran with this are sites that I read and that I like, um, and you know, a lot of my I, I know some of the guys who who did this, and they they're good guys, they're good writers, but it's just a lot of them I was looking at going, do you know what? You're fucking better than this
0: yeah I mean and I, I mean yeah exactly I mean I, I think what's what's key though with the total film thing is that it was that was a barefaced lie like hmm. that, that wasn't I mean I'm not even talking like is it news or is it not that was a lie you know that and that and clicking through to that it's just like okay and in the very very first bit of the of the of the actual article it, it it basically says all right it's not really a confirmation. You know, it's it is like saying, see some tits here. You click through, and then it's an article about gardening supplies. You know, mm. it, it, and, and it's it's incredibly disingenuous. And I don't think, I, I I might be wrong, but I don't think that they then like retract uh, retracted it or anything like that. They, I think they just let it lie.
1: Yeah, they did. They just, they just they just ran with it. You know, I went down that way. But the it, you put you put Star Wars confirmed in any tweet, I yeah. put a link in there. Fuck, everyone's going to click it. I fucking clicked it.
0: Because, I mean, I think it was... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the thing is, I think it's interesting as well that um, Chris Hewitt um, from Empire Magazine uh, tweeted out, like, I think a couple of hours later, saying, was going to tweet something about the state of film journalism at this moment, but I'm just too angry. And he then made another reference to it being something about Star Wars. And I'm convinced he hasn't said this, but I'm convinced he was referring to that. So to what Total Film put out because oh, it's yeah. it, it just it's not good enough. I mean, I think it's interesting you were saying about um, PRs uh, like not making you um, do uh, news stories. Uh, the closest I ever kind of came to that was um, uh, the, the folks who are uh, dealing with uh, Lawless um, were like they'll, they'll email and say like, uh, you know. Hey, hey, if you're doing any um, articles, could you maybe link through to us or something? And they actually emailed saying, like, you, think, you know, have you got any kind of article ideas? And like they were like, oh, maybe you could do a profile of Shia LaBeouf, blah, blah, blah. They were doing actually suggesting. And I, I was just like, well, whatever. So then I just, basically, I, I, I then wrote an article called Shia LaBeouf, um, Renaissance Man or Rambling Idiot where I I basically just looked at Shia LaBeouf about whether his like, cause he likes ragging on films he's made in the past, mm. whether he's doing that out of any sincere, I'm sorry. And I want to make better films or whether it's just like trying to create headlines. And I then emailed them the link to that article and they never replied. <laughs> and it, it was just, and I just thought, I thought that was quite funny because it, like it, in the end of the day, if you're someone writing for a site and you are so struggling for ideas that you're going to come up with something that a PR company suggests to you, unless you're actually directly working with them for some reason, maybe like running a competition or something like that, you know, I mean, if it's like, uh, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours kind of a thing. Like there's a symbiotic relationship there, which can be a little bit dodgy at times, but I, you know, if it's just in creating articles and like maybe actually giving shit away, you know, in a way, fair enough. Um, but that, yeah, it, it, it gets it gets a little bit it gets a little bit out of hand. I I I, I think, and I think it's getting more so. And I, I, my my key thing for the, what you're saying about the cut and paste like uh, ethos that there seems to be these days, which I I think is correct, is if you're gonna do that, have have something to say, like even if it's just your opinion on. Just to justify it, the article's existence, like actually have some original thought in there, you know. And because I notice a lot of articles as well, will just do, like say the news and then say we want to hear what you guys think, blah blah blah. blah. It, like leave your comments below, and it's just a way of people spending more time on the site. Mm. It, you know, it's not, and like the, I doubt, I very much doubt most of the time the actual site staff get involved in the conversation. It's just all right. We'll just leave the comments open. You know, I, I, it just... I think, it, it, yeah, sorry, go
1: on. I think for science, I think um, it, it, you can become a little bit obsessed with that hits counter. Um, and you can become a little bit kind of where you'll be checking it. To I, I went through a phase with, with, with To Watch Power where I was checking it two, three times a day. Hmm. Um, and then I was... I, it was actually it was a conversation I had with Noel um. That, that actually made me kind of that kind of snapped me out of it and I was having a chat about him and he, and he just said why do you check it all the time I said I don't know I, I said I honestly don't know he said well let's say you have a day where you do really well and you have your best of a day does that make you feel bad I said yeah he said let's say you have a day where you don't do very well and it doesn't have a lot does it make you feel bad and I said well yeah it does actually see it does he said, right if you didn't check it we know would you would would it stop you, you? know, if you have a shit day, does it stop you from writing something else? I said, well, no, hmm. he said. And if you have a really good day, does it alter what you write next? I said, Well, no, he said, Right, so why don't you just check it once or twice a week just to see what people are, are, are looking at and see if there's something you know that, that people like stuff like that. And it was at that moment where I consciously made the decision that that's it, I, I'm not going to check it, I, I, I check it once a day just out of curiosity. Uh, and I, for instance, this week, um, I had a downtime off off the site um, just because I had a week off. And the mission for a week off kind of says it's not a week off work. And that includes the full kind of spectrum of everything. Yeah. Um, so I was told that I have to week off that as well. Um, and so I did. And I'll go back to it tomorrow when I go back to work. That's when I'll go back to doing it. And that's when I'll go back to looking at it. And... And then, you know, I'll have a look at that hits counter and find out, you know, what happened in my absence and see if it made a difference, which I'm sure it will, because there's nothing been posted for the week. Yeah. But then I'm not going to jump back in it and obsessively be checking yeah. and seeing, you know, oh, I wonder if it's getting back up there or anything like that. Because then it becomes, um, I- I'm, I'm not doing this. i don't I have to watch pile because in a couple of years' time, I want it to, to fund my life. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to. You know that ship has sailed. I'm not going to make a living out of reviewing films. Um, there is such a large scope of people who are willing to do it for free that the percentage of people who are going to get paid to do it is so minute um, that. Not saying you shouldn't go out there and try um, because if you want to go out there and try, go out there and try by all means. But I, I'm I'm far too realistic with myself. Mm. To say, no, it's not happening, like, you know, I know better writers out there who don't get paid to do it. So why the fuck am I going to get paid to do it? I do it because I want to do it. And that was the time where I looked at, I looked at the site and said, right, I'm going to do it when I when I want to do it. I'm going to keep the up-to-date bits and have a day-to-day thing that I do it every day to keep it going and make sure that, you know, that the site's still out there and stuff like that. And I do the the PR bits that I do when I send stuff. But then, if I'm going to write something, it's something that interests me uh, because then it stops it feeling like a job and it becomes something that you enjoy doing rather than a task that you have to do.
0: Yeah, because I mean, I I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll say that was it was kind of one of the reasons why why I stepped down from the film, and now obviously the sites uh, the sites actually closed um, at, at least for now because George is um, is embarking on some other stuff um, which I. Don't know whether it's public, so I'm, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything. But um, it um, uh, oh, he's getting a sex change operation. Um, but um,
1: that's that's been the public sphere for
0: quite a while. Actually, yeah, yeah, it has been. No, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it it it's the sense of it kind of becoming a job a little bit, which kind of was the case with Eat Sleep Live Film because it was a lot of work. Um, mm. You know, having to like pr- uh, um, do like uh, copy editing and, and things like that, as well as my own things, and like I was writing at the very least. I think I was writing a minimum of like three pieces a week, and uh, the, like two of those was like were just like regular columns. Whereas, and it, it was just it was a lot of work, and it, it, in the end of the day, in terms of, like like long term aspirations, it is you know it's getting to that point that it, it is understanding you're not going to be able to make a career out of it. And like you say, it's it's not to dissuade anybody from from trying it, but it's like doing it for the want of doing it, which is why I'm now going to write uh, at least once a week for Blogomatic 3000 and Screen Geek, uh, because it's I, I, both, both the sites, um, Sam from Screen Geek and Phil from Blogomatic, they've both been very good. They've just been like, look, just r- write what you want to write you know, we'll, we'll take an opinion piece like kind of a thing, like an editorial a week and then if you want to do any reviews or anything like that on top of it, feel free. You know, and it, it's that kind of sense of freedom. That, and sorry, maybe we're getting a bit inside baseball now, but uh, it's that sense of freedom that's uh, kind of energised me and the fact that I can still write like, write my Sunshine book, you know, but I, I, it's I don't know, yeah, I mean it's just, I, I think that and I think you've got to the crux of it as well there though, Mark, where it is just like I think people like writers need to be reminded why they do this stuff and write stuff that comes from the heart. And it's like if you're going to do a news story and you're not and and maybe, you know, if you're not getting paid for it, write it because you want to write about it and you've got Mm. something to say about it. Don't just like do it for content you know, because that's it's not. It might impress advertisers, but let's face it. Like, how many fucking hits would you actually have to have to get a sustainable sustainable income from advertising on a website?
1: Yeah, it's not gonna. People, are, you're not you're not going to make enough money out of it out of a, out of essentially what is a blog really? Mm. You know, uh, I'm I'm not a big fan of the word of the phrase blog. I never refer to it as a blog because it's not. Uh, a blog in the way I look at it uh, it is but it's not it's not in my mind higher a blog it's, it's a film site where I, I write about films yeah. um, and you know but I'm I'm never going to make money out of it which is why I, I, I've had advertisers approach me and asked to go on it and so far I've kind of said well you know not at the moment you know maybe now but then I keep thinking well then I've got a couple of other people who want to write for the site and I keep thinking well yeah but what they want to do is they basically want to email me something and edit it and put it out there and stuff like that. And I'm a little bit kind of touch shy with that. Um, I might do it at some point in the future when I've got a bit more sort of time in my hands, but you know I've got far too much life going on to, to, to do that. You know, two jobs and you know the film crews and everything like that. You know, it, it's finding time to do these things. But what I'd say to people out there is, is just, you know, avoid avoid these tabloids tabloid baiting um, news stories and give me some fucking real content. Give me yeah. some interesting. Yeah. And as well, the amount of times where I've thought of an idea and thought, ah, do you know what, I, I will not mind doing that. And then thought, oh, no, well, what, if- what if nobody fucking reads it or anything like that. And then six weeks later, I've gone on Twitter and it's been on somebody else's site, this idea that I've had, you know, and somebody else's written it and I've read it and gone, fuck, that's brilliant. I, you know, I wish I'd written it six weeks ago when I had the idea. You know, it might not be as good as, the, as what that person's written. But, you know, I, I, I had I had an idea to do something very similar. I wish I'd taken that chance. If you have an idea to write something, fucking write it. Do it. You know, there will be somebody out there who will who, who will read it and will like it. If they don't, at least, you know, you're writing something that you believe in.
0: Straight up. But I, I couldn't have said that better myself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, good. Um, now, fucking hell, we haven't got that much time left, have we, bud? Um, no. We're, we're slightly under uh, under the gun in terms of time today, so let's get straight into it. Here's the trailer for the next I- film in the George P. Cosmatos marathon, Leviathan. It was an experiment that tampered with nature's most basic laws. It went terribly wrong. It was buried five miles down. Now, a crew of undersea miners is about to stumble upon this terrifying secret. Shack to Seven, what's going on out there, Williams? My God, are you picking us up? Look at this. Leviathan. <laughs> Currently with a Russian fleet
1: in the Baltic Sea.
0: Currently, it's rusted junk, and we're looking at it. What's your air reading?
1: Twenty minutes. Do something quick. Boston my crew's in jeopardy. But you have no proof. I'm ordering you to start an emergency medical evacuation. What if it turns out to be nothing? Oh, <gasps> it's already killed one man. How do we breathe stop? I'm losing compressed. I can't breathe. Whatever got six-pack in Bowman, it's still here. I feel something. Somebody's alive in here. What's going on? Six pack. Six pack, answer. Don't go in
0: there. Don't touch anything. What are you trying to tell us, Doc? It absorbs the intelligence of its victims. Thank goodness you're still alive. When are you coming? I say we protect ourselves. (laughs) Leviathan. Right, okay, let's go. You you okay, yeah? Yeah, I'm good to go. Okay, cool. Uh, Okay. Next part of the geography, P. Marathon, Leviathan, uh, which stars Peter Weller, Amanda Pays, uh, Daniel Stern, Hector Elizondo, uh, George, uh, Richard Crenna, and many, many others. Um, Mark, go on. <laughs> what do you think of Leviathan? Um, it is... It
1: absolutely 100% falls into the it's so shit, it's entertaining bracket. Um, it... it Last week, uh, I spoke about Total Recall, and one of my criticisms of it was the fact that it steals from so many films. Uh, but Total Recall Remake tries to act like it's not stealing from other films. It tries to act like that this is its vision. Leviathan never does that. It basically steals from Alien, The Thing, and The Abyss, and never tries to hide the fact that it's stealing from these films. Um, and uh, it, it's a terrible film, but yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but it's shit.
0: Um, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm pretty much there with you, actually. I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat, um, relieved to hear you say that. Um, yeah, it just, it's, it's so much a rip off of, I mean, like particularly alien was the big one for me. Um, that i i was i was stunned i mean it even goes down to the fact that it steals sound effects from alien like there, there's stuff where they're like watching monitor, like people on monitors and there are sound effects lifted directly from the nostromo and mm-hmm. it, it it just the balls to do that you know like so the, i mean this would this would have been uh, like just after i suppose aliens had come out and they were just like, right. Let's make one of those, except in the sea. Now, even though, I mean, even though, I mean, it has its moments. And I will say, I don't think there'll ever be a period of time again where a man who looks like Peter Weller becomes the leading man Peter Weller was able to become in the eighties. He's he, he would was. be he would be a character actor now.
1: Yeah, would we, essentially, he he was a character actor. He just happened to get some a, a couple of very big films. I think Peter Weller should have been a much, a much bigger actor than he was, uh, and should be uh, should have had a better career than he had. I think he's a, he's a fantastic actor, and he's a brilliant character actor. The problem with him is is what a lot of character actors tend to do is they tend to develop very, very standardized sort of not standardized a very. Unique characters so that they'll they'll bounce around. What Peter Weller did is very similar to something like Steve Buscemi, where it, he appeared in a lot of films as different characters and was very set out as that character, but was always Peter Weller in them as well. You know, he didn't change the voice, he didn't change the stare or the laid-back attitude or anything like that. He, he very much had that, which is what he has in this. You know, he's. He 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 feels like he's lifted from a different film in this film.
0: Well, yeah, because that that's the thing. Like he's he's the leading man, but he doesn't really have all that much charisma. He doesn't have that much chemistry with the romantic interest. I I don't think anyway. Part uh, of that is, she's, she she's not great. She's not she's great. Awful.
1: Yeah. She she talks in that terrible fake British accent.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, it, and and I mean that that is brutal. But then at the same time, his otherness still works quite well, considering that he is the kind of the other of the group. Like he he's the geologist, where the rest of them are kind of like your your working class kind of guys. I mean, it's essentially it's the crew of Alien, except if the crew of Alien also had some random scientist.
1: Which which he seemed very similar. Um, even might just a steal from a film that hasn't been made yet. Because he seems very similar to Sam Neill's character in Event Horizon. Event
0: Horizon, yeah. Um,
1: so I think Sam Neill definitely saw that and thought, oh, I could maybe steal Richard Cranor's day. But Richard, Richard Craner seems very, very badly miscast for that. Because I don't believe he could ever have a doctor's degree.
0: Well, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I like I I love the fact that he um, he's kind of built up as this irresponsible, like uh, uh, kind of like uh, uh, devil may care kind of um, kind of guy. But, In that
1: he's being punished rather than because it's a job.
0: Yeah, yeah. But then it, it, it that that after that first bit where he's not around to like help with the uh, with DeJesus, it, it, it that kind of drops off a cliff, <laughs> and it's just completely forgotten. And it just it feels like such a weird mishmash where it doesn't really know what it's doing, and then just just kind of it almost flips a coin and then says, "All right, um, let's be a creature feature." Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it just. It it never seems to get going. It just seems to have a lot of setup, and then it ends. Yeah, yeah. It also, as well, the film ends the big yeah moment is Peter Weller punching a woman in the face.
0: Yeah, that's yeah that that because that, that whole that, that thing only happened in the eighties. Yeah, no, totally. But I mean that that whole thing, like the company thing. I mean, again, it's a direct lift from Alien, but it also makes no sense whatsoever. Because, okay, so why did the company want to keep them down there anyway? I think it was. It, I don't know. It's never. It, it's kind of explained. It's like did did so did the company know about the the fic, the, the, the the monster even though. The, the monster stuff was completely hidden and was only in that, like, vodka, like, hip flask. Mm. Like, that, that's all that... Yeah, because there's, there's mention that, like, they were experimenting on people on the Leviathan. But then it's like... And also, they come across the Leviathan just through, basically, pure chance. Like, the, he... Uh, Daniel Stern's character, um, Sixpack, he drops down that kind of cavern... And then uh, Amanda Pays... Uh, uh, yeah, it is Amanda Pays, isn't it? It goes after him, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and then they just happen to stumble upon it. But then it's like suddenly the company seems to know all about it. It's really... And, and that is just... Like, there's even, I swear, um, one of the guys in it even says, oh, like, we're all um, crew expendable. Which is basically a line from Alien. <laughs> it, I mean, I, it, it just... I mean, it's unabashed, you know. I mean, it's it's not something no one who's never seen this knows or anything. But it's just, and uh, doesn't know even. It was just watching it. It it, it it's such a, a just a it, it almost borders on parody how obvious the ripping off is. That yeah, I, it, 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 it it I would I
1: would go as far as to say that it you could basically say they they have sat down and gone right, let's make a um, let, 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 let's make an, an alien abyss film mm. I think it, it, it could be as as basic as that but then when you look at it, look at the people that are attached to it, you know it's, you know, you've got Jerry Goldsmith's score um, in there, it was distributed by MGM, um you, there's some talent behind this. Um, yeah, and the cinematographer was the guy who did Labyrinth, um, Alien Three, incidentally as well, um, Cliffhanger, uh, Demolition Man. You know, he, he he did. You know, he he's done some films of note. And you know, there was there was talent behind this film. It's strange. It, I I don't
0: know it. It, it, I mean, it feels like it does feel like a paycheck movie. Um, oh,
1: without question.
0: For, for basically everybody involved. I mean, I think it's interesting. It is co-written by David Peoples, who like co-wrote Blade Runner. Um, but it just, I mean, what what did they just say to it? Right, just write write an Alien knockoff. I mean, that, that that was about it. But I mean, I will say the the creature design by Stan Winston is good um it's very very icky i watched it pretty hungover and i felt pretty rough watching it um there's just a lot of like gooey yeah kind of imagery to it and there was one bit i really liked where the um uh they haven't told anyone that um six packs dead and the guy goes in and he's kind of chatting to him and then like the the sheet moves and he's like Oh, okay. You know, I'll let you get your sleep. And yeah. I, 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 just, I love that, that kind of like. I, I, imagine in a cinema, like people were just like, oh shit, kind of like, uh, you know, it's, it's all gonna kick off. I, 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 did, I did enjoy that. Um, but, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I gave it three out of five on Letterboxd. You know, it was a perfectly passable hour and a half, and it had stuff in it I liked. It just it, it's brutal how much how how much it steals from other films and definitely the abyss as well. Um, uh, even though was was this before was this after the abyss?
1: It was after the abyss, I think it was. Anyway, I'm uh, pretty sure it was. Let me just double check. Uh, um, this released in 1989. The abyss released also 1989, released oh. the same year.
0: Okay, so it probably wasn't ripping it off, but it was very similar. Very very similar, yeah. But um. I
1: don't know, have we got anything more to say about Leviathan? Uh, No, I don't don't think there's that much more you can say about Leviathan, really. Um, It's definitely the sort of film where, um, it's an 11 o'clock at night film. Sure, It's the sort of film where, even if it's the first time you're watching it, watching it with a few beers and falling asleep halfway through it isn't going to ruin it for you.
0: Yeah, um, it, it was, unfortunately it was an 11 o'clock in the morning film for me so um, that's probably why I wasn't quite as, as enamoured I suppose, but um, right, that's it for uh, Leviathan and next week it'll be what I think is the final part of our it George P.S. Yeah. as we um, take a look at a film I'm rather more taken with, uh, Tombstone Yes, I, 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 I think we are both
1: very big fans of this film, so yeah
0: they're looking forward to talking about Tombstone. Um, Without question, absolutely. Um, so we will um, very, very quickly get into Twitter questions because uh, Mark's gotta gotta go. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, do you do you have any in particular there, Mark? I, I have a couple. Yeah, very only two seconds. Uh, first one from Edge Loading: Pinstripe
1: or checks? Not film related. We've got a couple of not film related ones, but fuck it, we'll go with it. I have a check person.
0: Yeah, I'd probably check out of the two. I don't usually either, but check if I had to. Do, if I had to decide out of them.
1: Uh, from PDX Creep, we have I want to know what love is. Um, do you want to take
0: this one, or I? Um, I I don't know. I want PDX Creep to show me. Uh, I, I I would
1: say love is um uh, is clearly anal, not on Christmas or a birthday.
0: So um, what? What is it on Christmas or birthday? Just a treat. That is just, it, it's just part of the cost. Uh, okay, right.
1: That's. Um, I bet we you. have one from um, Charlie Brigton, also known as Sharks Are Cool on Twitter. Um, when, when you were kids, what was the one film you reenacted scenes from most? Uh, White Men Can't Jump.
0: Aliens used to actually play um, aliens hide and seek games with friends.
1: Yeah, true. I quite, also Wayne's World as well, uh, but not as much when I was young. Uh, myself and uh, a friend, Paul, formulated 666 on Twitter, um, once drunkenly recited the entirety of Wayne's World. Wow, it, really? Yeah, the entire. It started out. We just started doing it, and then realised that drunkenly we could recite the entirety of Wayne's World, and we did it twice in like three years where we did it and the first time we did it was in a place called Monty's and we were just sat doing it to each other and it ended up that we were sat on the table doing it with like a group of people around us and we were basically just, it became like a challenge where you'd say a line and the next birthday to the next line and <laughs> we got to the end. Whether or not we got there perfect, word perfect, I very much doubt it but we basically got from the start of Wayne's World to the end of Wayne's World. We once tried to do it sober and couldn't do it. Just couldn't get near it, but drunk, fucking hell. Just
0: activated that bit of your brain.
1: Yeah. Uh, we have one from TGP73. Uh, what's your favourite Woody Harrelson performance?
0: Fucking shit it off.
1: Um... Uh, I'm going to have a quick
0: look at his
1: filmography yeah, and see if I can right. get it. because It's going to jump out and grab me. I'm going to go, it's that let's uh, have a look let's um, what's it going to be what's it going to be I'm, I, do you know what I'm gonna go I mentioned it in a, in a question a minute ago I'm going to go with uh, White Man Cart Jump I'm not saying it's his best film but I, I love that film uh, so yeah I'm, I'm going to go with, it with Billy Hoyle in White Man Cart Jump uh, um, um, his best performance in an acting sense I would always say is going to be Larry Flynn in The People versus Larry Flynn but my favourite performance of his has to be Billy Hoyle in White Minkajer
0: I would probably say A Scanner Darkly um,
1: yes that is a good performance
0: Um, good comedic supporting performance nice counterbalance to Robert Downey Jr and um, Keanu Reeves in that uh, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I've got one from at Mister F nineteen seventy eight. If you move any character from one instalment of a franchise to another, who would it be? In his case, it would be uh, Jonna from uh, Ed Ron Perlman from the dreadful Alien Resurrection to Aliens. Hellboy as a marine. Come on, um, move one character from one instalment of a franchise to another. Mm. Uh,
1: um. Mm. that's a good question uh, I, I, I'd move Steve Grudenberg's character in the Police Academy movies to the rest of the Police Academy movies i just think that I'd have made them better
0: that's not bad um, fucking I don't oh I know Roads from Day of the Dead into uh, Night of the Living Dead. Like,
1: oh, I, nice! I'd
0: like I'd like to see how he kind of dealt with it all initially. And could you imagine him in the room with uh, yeah. like like Ben and Barbara and all oh, that? Would have been fucking brilliant. uh I, yes, I like that. That would work. Nice. Um, and uh, film rant, Noel Mella. uh you get to go back in time to 1920 and show a theatre full of people, one movie. What? Which do you choose to blow their fucking minds? Clockwork Orange.
1: Oh, good choice. Uh, um, 1920, a theatre in 1920. What
0: do I show them? The Glorious Bastards. No, they wouldn't know who the hit that was. Bollocks.
1: Um. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a bit foreboding. Um, Twin Peaks, the walk with me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, some Garon Bonzola. Is that what he calls it? Yeah. Good. Oh, that would be good. That would be good. Um, that's, that's, that's what I'd go with. I'd I go with that. And I wouldn't watch the film. I'd just
1: watch people. Yeah, yeah. I'd watch people going, what? What's going on I, I, I think people would actually cry, yeah I think people would be rolled up in our little balls rocking and crying, and that would make me smile,
0: yep fucking right um and I think that's it it's it on my end, okay, um so that is it done a minute before Mark had to go so <laughs> We're good, so, um, yep, Uh, any feedback, dudeandamonkey at gmail.com, tweet us at dude and and I think that's it. Um, What are we reviewing next week? Maybe seven psychopaths, perhaps? Yes,
1: yes, very much so.
0: That'll do. All right, then, folks, we'll see you next week. Thank
1: you very much for listening, guys. iTunes reviews. Bye.
0: Bye.